much love. When you walk by every night, talking sweet and looking fine, I get kind of hectic inside. Mmm, baby, I'm so into you. Darling, if you only knew all the things that flow through my mind. Episode 19, season four. Hi, Julie. Hi, Renee. I did not like talking that. I. It was hard. Not a, it was really hard. I want to sing. I really think that people need to understand. Like, I don't think people really appreciate how difficult it is to state lyrics and not sing them. And you deserve all of the flowers for your intros this season. I think they're delightful. Um, I was a huge Mariah fan in the 90s. Like, I know you wouldn't know it to look at me. Yeah, goth mom Um, Renee comes out of left field with that one. Okay. fucking love mariah so much and we were on the same page last week when you went into fantasy because i was already there yeah already like ready and will like just ready to go with this this week so very hard so i love it what do we what do we do this week julie we did sweet sweet fantasy we did fantasy which shockingly we've sort of skirted around and touched it in other themes but we've never had it as a dedicated theme in our four seasons of doing this show and so Mm -hmm. it felt time it felt like it was time and do you read fantasy generally non-podcast related um sometimes sometimes and i mean i i I love, like, I love fantasy. Like, I like tabletop role-playing, not LARPing. Um, I love video, like, I love Skyrim. Our friend Kat is also obsessed with Skyrim, and we Skyrim meme each other all day. But, like, I love, I love it. I love orcs. I love magic. I love (laughs) medieval castles and shit. Like, it's so exciting. Like, my perfect female is a full orc woman. Like oh. mean, muscly, strong, <laughs> like it's green. me. Oh yeah, no, it's not me. Yeah. Um, and I'm not talking She-Hulk. Like I mean, an orc, like yeah. battle ready. Yeah, yes, my dream woman. Yeah, I I don't I don't read. I've tried to read fantasy. I respect it. I've dabbled, if you will. But what I've discovered. Like, I loved Game of Thrones, the TV show. I would never read the Mm -hmm. books because, like, who's got the time? But um, I did enjoy watching Game of Thrones. It was a bit of a guilty pleasure. Last season, like everyone else, I agree, should die in a fire. But uh, (laughs) I'm an OG Potterhead. So I did like Harry Potter, which is, like, low-key fantasy, I guess. But, like, um, yeah, generally not my thing. So this week... I tapped my friend Isabel, shout out to Isabel, who is a lifelong fantasy reader, reads it almost exclusively. And so I thought, I know exactly who to talk to. So I hit up Isabel and she was so delighted that we were covering this theme and (laughs) gave me a number of recommendations with like pros and cons for all of them. Uh, And I picked one of the books that she suggested and I'm so glad i did renee can i tell you about the book i read this week 
I'm dying to know. It wasn't Mists of Avalon, though, was it? Because that's got a dark history. <laughs> so here's a fun fact. Didn't realize the history of Mists of Avalon, a book that I've owned for years but never read. And then Isabel was like, hey, so when you Google fantasy romance, you'll probably get Mists of Avalon because on paper, it's very feminist. But then it came out <laughs> when she died that she was a sexual predator who also enabled her husband, who was also a sexual predator. And so not good on Miss Avalon. I was like, oh, lot shit. Of, yeah, a lot of incest. There's some really good articles from their daughter. Um, yeah, who then went on. Sorry, go ahead. Her daughter, and this is the complexity of the story. Do you know what happened to her daughter? Like what her daughter mm -hmm. does now? No. Her daughter became a hardcore anti-queer advocate. Yikes. Arguing that like homophobia was at the root of the evil that she experienced. Yikes. Or like, sorry, that, that homosexuality was at the root of what she experienced. Oh, So she's she like, yeah. And like, I can't, I mean, I can hate it as a queer person, but I also can understand that if you suffered trauma, it warps your sense of the world. So like. The story is just like yeah. layers upon layers of tragedy, I guess, is my point. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's really too bad. And I was going to say that, like, the pieces that she's written about her mother and, and I think it's her stepfather. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's so heartbreaking. But um, and I loved Mist of Avalon. I've read it a gajillion times. I've watched all the shows. Like, I am obsessed. I was. Um, and then when I read that, I was like, oh that's really shitty and terrible and it's like you never know yeah you just you never know you really and you just gotta yeah predators are among us so unfortunately something that was like feminist canon for years like i remember when i was in university people were like you've never read mists of avalon like, admittedly at that point the story hadn't come out yet about the author but um people were just and that's why i picked it up like i picked it up at like a used bookstore when i was in university because i was like oh my god like i kept getting dragged for never having read this book so isabel was like ixnay on that one um <laughs> because marion zimmer bradley is an abuser of the worst kind to quote my friend but she did say you know there's the series that's quite popular right now called a court of thorns of thorns and roses um yeah. which is like spicy fantasy romance um there is of course outlander which is technically fantasy because she yes, there's time travel yeah there's time travel and all of that stuff but she told me about a book called the rose by tiffany rise and i looked it up and tiffany is an american prolific writer of romance and erotica um, she writes extensively and what's very cool for longtime listeners of the show who know ever occasionally we do pulp as a theme. So she mm -hmm. has a series um, that she she has a number of different series like we know a lot of romance authors do. And one of the series they reissue they're currently reissuing them all with pulp covers. Oh, I love Which that. Which I fucking love. So I have a feeling- and are they fantasy books? Some of them are. Yeah, like some of them are sort of paranormal. But it's very- It's the kind of fantasy that I like and the paranormal- That it's like, you're still rooted in the world as we know it. But there's like magic elements to it. Like that's the kind of shit I've discovered. That's my preference. Like Harry Potter and like Fantastic Beasts and um, like Umbrella Academy. Like all of those kinds of shows where you're like- 
it's still society as we know it, but there's like these secret yeah. things that happened or that's that's my jam. I respect nice. fantasy at a, as a genre because the books are 900 pages usually for a reason because you're world yes. building in mm-hmm. a way that you just aren't with most things. But Tiffany Reese has, I think it's Rise. It's R-E-I-S. I couldn't find anywhere how it's pronounced. So I apologize. Tiffany Rise. I'm going to say Rise. Um, prolific. And she has a number of different series, as I said. But this book called The Rose is technically the second book in a three book series. But they're written as standalones. So you could, there's sort of elements that are woven throughout that if you've read all three in order, you're like, okay. Uh, the third one just came out last year. So it goes the red, the rose, and the pearl. And I read the rose. Um, it's about 400 pages. Came out in 2019. Um, extremely well-reviewed. And I understand why. So. <clears throat> Leah, whose real name is Ophelia, is a famous member of the Godwick family. So the Godwick series is what these three books are. Um, and they're like this wealthy British family who have sexy his pasts and there's always like sexy elements to it. So her great grandfather very famously courted a lot of sex workers Um, he was like a figure at body houses and like loved them and just loved the lavish lifestyle of like being around sex workers and just like very open sexually. She's 21 years old and her big secret is that she runs an escort agency. Oh, it's also a student and she is like a madam and all of the workers that she works with are her friends and she hooks them up with these like bougie ass clients and they're sort of putting them their way through school and like having a good time just being young and hot. And she's having a graduation party and it's big and lavish because they're Godwicks, Renee. That's what they do. And Ooh. she comes downstairs and um, sees the most beautiful Greek god she's ever seen in her entire life. She's like, who is this mysterious man? And then her sort of, you know, the cake comes out and the gifts and her dad gives this big sappy speech that's full of embarrassing anecdotes and then gifts her this rose cup. It's basically like a goblet that is like ornate and beautiful. And he explains to her that it is a famous piece of Greek mythology, like an artifact from greek mythology and she's like oh my god i love greek mythology this is the perfect gift and he was like yeah um i had to outbid people at auction but it was worth it then she finds out that the beautiful mysterious greek man attending the party was who tried to outbid him so (gasps) he comes to the party and says uh i really want that cup and she's like well it's a gift from my papa you can't have it And he was like, I don't think you understand the powers of that cup. And she's like, whatever do you mean? And he was like, well, throw a little wine in it, have a sippy sip, and you will live your most erotic fantasy. And she's like, um, sounds like you're just saying a bunch of nonsense to like. Sorry, wait, 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 wait. That was a gift for her father? Oh, it gets weirder. But yes. (laughs) Okay. The guy claims that like, no one knows this, but da 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 da. And she's like there's no fucking way you're just saying that because you want me to sell it to you. Like you just want to claim that this thing has dark magic and there's nothing I can do. And he's like, okay, fine. 
take a sip with me, nothing happens, and I'm full of shit, then I'm full of shit. But how about we just try it? And she's like, okay. And he's like, okay, so what's your fantasy? And she's like, what? And he's like, well, what's your fantasy? Like, I need to know what your fantasy is. And then we take a sip and then your fantasy will be fulfilled. Come on, you know the drill. And she's like, oh my God. And she can't think of anything. So she's like, you know what? My sexual debut, she calls it virginity, but you know the rules here at Ravage Love. (laughs) Um, She's (laughs) like, my sexual debut, it wasn't, it was consensual, but she's like, it wasn't great. So since we're just pulling shit out of our asses, I would like to live in a world where I could do a virginity redux. And he's like, okay. So they take a sip. And all of a sudden, the floor falls away, and she's in darkness and realizes that she is now Andromeda, and he is Perseus, and they are Greek gods, and they fuck in this weird, is it a dream? Is it not a dream? And then she wakes up in bed alone, and, or not alone, but she wakes up in bed and she's like fully dressed, but like very wet, and looks over and he's like, hey, and she's like, did we just fuck? And he's like, well, not here, but in like the magical world, basically. And he's like, see, see, I told you this is legit, but I also told you have to be careful with it. You can't use it on your own. It needs to be like in a special context. And like, I really just think it's too dangerous to be out in the world. And she's confused, but also she's like, I'm in the best mood I've been in in my entire life. Like she's like singing and dancing and chirping and having a grand old time. And she's like, I don't know what happened, but don't hate it. And kind of sends him on his way. And she's like, I'll think about it. Then she's like, tra-la-la. And she gets a phone call. And she gets a phone call from David. And David is framed initially as her shitty ex-boyfriend. So he's shitty because he slept with her and kind of ditched her. Is what was what I'm going to tell you now. So he wasn't great. And he calls her and says, hey, 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 uh, heard you're a whore. Bet you don't, uh, bet you wouldn't want the world to know you run an escort agency. So, um, remember when I slept with you and then you suddenly freaked out on me and told me I had to leave? And she's like, yeah, the reason why I told you you had to leave is because I caught you fucking my parents. Uh, what? <laughs> what? Yeah. So the man that her family had hired to come and paint a beautiful mural in their home, she was obsessed with him. She was 17. She thought he was the most beautiful man in the world. So he slept with her and he was like, oh, I'll be good to you for your first time, blah, blah, blah. And then she, like, the next day was like, oh, my God, I'm in love. You know, you're 17, whatever. And then catches him, like, basically, yeah, post-coitus with her parents And she's like, oh, my fucking God. So then she goes up to him and says, you're either going to leave and you're going to fuck right off and leave me and my family alone. Or I'm going to tell my parents that you fucked their 17 year old daughter before you went and fucked them. And I'm sure they wouldn't enjoy that because you're in your 30s, you fucking creep. And so he left. So he's been harboring this grudge because he's like, I could have been a famous artist. But you fucked me because your parents were patrons of the arts and you made me stay away from your family. So now I found out through the grapevine that you're a madam. So pay me a million pounds by Friday or I'm going to tell the world that you're a whore. What of it? Now, I'm going to do a sidebar here and say this is my biggest critique of the book. Your parents make 
constant sexual jokes. They gave you a chalice that is rumored to open up your erotic fantasies. Your parents are basically swingers who are fucking anyone and everyone. But you think that your parents finding out that you're a sex worker is going to ruin your life. I just, it just didn't make sense to me. And then it was like, well then, because, you know, they're royals, it'll be in all the papers. And I'm like, but it's not in the papers that your parents fuck everyone and everyone together. Like that whole plot (laughs) point just didn't make sense to me. But the whole book hinges on this. Hinges on the fact that she's got to find a million pounds by the end of the week or else her secret is up. So what does she realize? (gasps) I have this very expensive cup that this August guy wants. So she goes up to him and says, you want this cup? You want it back? I need a million pounds. And he's like, okay. Kind of a weird price, but she's like, non-negotiable, need it by Friday. He's like, that's weird. And then she explains to him why. And he's like, I'll fucking kill him. And she's like, no, you won't. You'll give me a million dollars so I can give it to him. And then you'll fuck right off. And he's like, okay. So why don't you just give me the chalice now and I can give you the money now? And she's like, well, since I know this thing really <laughs> does work and I do like going downtown to pound town, how about we just fuck with this cup all week? And then on Friday, you give me the money and I'll pay him off. And he's like, okay. Oh, by the way, <laughs> um, I'm also a sex worker. <laughs> Fun fact. Um, so I don't care that you're a sex worker. I fuck people for money also. So how about we just sip a lot of wine in this cup and bang a rang? So they do. And every time they do, they embody a different Greek god and a different Greek mythology. So there's like a threesome scene that at one point... She's like, yeah, they play like literally every book, every there's like sections in the book and they're all named after these Greek gods and that's who they. So it's very similar to like mm-hmm. Anne Rice's Be- Sleeping Beauty situation in that this book is basically a little bit of plot holding together a lot of sex scenes because it's like a 400 page book. Is the sex spicy as fuck? Hell yes. Like hotter <laughs> than anything that Anne Rice wrote, hands down. Um. Obviously, they start falling for each other. I mean, this is obvious. Um, And then it's getting on to Friday and she's like, okay, I need the money. And he's like, okay, I'll get it to you in a few hours. And then she gets a phone call from David, who's like, hey, you know what? Fuck it. I don't want your money. I'm just going to sell your story to the papers and I'll make way more than a million pounds anyway. So (laughs) bye. And she's like, oh, fuck, what do I do? And August is there and he says, pray to your Aphrodite statue. I'll do the rest. She's like, what? So she's praying to the statue, but like half-assing it. And all of a sudden there's this huge gust of wind that comes in and flies open the doors and blows out all the candles and the phone rings. And she answers it. And it's her, it's August saying, come over right away. I'm going to solve your problem. And she's like, okay. Comes over, sees the most beautiful woman she's ever seen in her entire life, who speaks no English, only speaks Greek, realizes this is August's mother. And he's like, look, um, I told you I don't really talk to my family, but that's not true. I don't talk to my family because they told me I had to get married to continue the family line or they were going to kick me out and I refused to. Um, But my mother is very powerful and very connected. So I went to see her and I said, can you make this problem go away? And in return, I will marry someone. And so that's what we're going to do. And she's like, no, you can't give up your freedom. I love you. I don't want you to marry someone else. And he was like, I will sacrifice myself to save you and your dignity. 
and she runs away like no and um she goes home and she's like fuck it and she drinks the chalice on her own which you're not supposed to do (gasps) oh no (laughs) i'm gonna describe again the writing in this book is really beautiful and really well done so it sounds zany and weird and based on some of the books that we've read it could have gone in a direction where i was like this is lol but it still managed to be like somewhat erotic she fucks poseidon (laughs) but he's like literally poseidon like he's like a basically a giant wave and he's like huge and like she fits in like the palm of his hand kind of a thing but she still somehow fucks poseidon and while she's fucking poseidon in this like dream he's like you are going to be married you are going to make children and she's like what And then wakes up all like, what in the ever-loving fuck is going on? And then hears a knock at the door, goes downstairs. Fucking David has come Uh. over and he like is about to tell her parents. So she's like, fuck it. I'm going to tell my parents. So she says, hey, uh, I fucked David when I was 17. And then I caught you guys also fucking him. That's why he didn't finish the painting. That's why he left. Oh, also, I run an escort agency. He was going to blackmail me about it. But, you know, you can hate me now because I told you the truth. And her parents are horrified. And, like, with all of the information. And her dad's like, hold me back. I'm going to murder this man. And she's like, no, daddy. And she runs up to her room. (laughs) And then who is standing there? The Greek mom. Who says, hi, I'm Aphrodite. What? <laughs> Turns out August is actually Eros, and his mom is oh motherfucking Aphrodite. Um, and she's like, "Hey, remember?" And this was in the book, but it's like was minor at the time. But it was like, "Hey, remember at your birthday party when a maid was like accused of stealing one of your birthday gifts, and you were like, no, I gave it to her, even though she clearly stole it.' Well, that was me." pretending to be a human for a day because i had a good sense about you because you've always been a big fan of me and my work and you gave me this bottle of perfume and made it seem like i didn't steal it um and i don't know if you know but it's you know in in our religion or our culture if someone does an act of kindness for you you're indebted to them and so i am indebted to you um and so i'm giving you an option i can either free august and have him go back to being an immortal and let him back into the family. Or I can do a little Aphrodite magic and get rid of David and erase the memories of your parents so they don't know anything about what happened. Which do you choose? And she's like, of course you're going to free August. Let him be immortal. And so then she's like ready for her whole life to explode. And then all of a sudden she hears, wee 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 it's the sound of the police and the fucking cops show up. <laughs> <laughs> the cops show up out of the blue and it's one single solitary cop who's like, I'm here to arrest David for tax evasion. And then and then the cop like looks at her and winks and she's like, oh my God, Aphrodite made this happen. <laughs> And so her parents are like, well, that was the weirdest evening we've ever had. Um, (laughs) Even though you're 21, you live under our roof. So you're going to go back to your room now and you're going to stay there for a week. You're grounded. And (laughs) and she's like, okay, fair. And she's like, pouting. And then all of a sudden she hears flapping of wings 
looks at her window and August has giant wings and has flown into her bedroom. And he's like, sup, boo. And <laughs> he's like, oh, I'm free now. And she's like, yeah, I know. So what are you doing here? And he was like, well, I need you to know I'm actually a god. Like, I'm not. I really am a god. And she's like, um, no. And he's like, well, I got wings, bitch. And she's like, still. He's like, well, to <laughs> prove I'm a god. And then he fucking disappears and comes back as golden showers. So I did not know that the term golden showers is actually from Greek mythology. Did you know this? No idea. So it's literal gold. So it was like gold would drip down and then it got turned into like peeing on people. But like, so he literally, he literally turns himself into like liquid gold and then fucks her as liquid gold. I can't even explain it to you. It is one of the zaniest things we've ever read in this fucking series. But like, you believe it? Like, it's like so well written that you're like, yeah, drops of gold. Fuck her. Like, it's so weird. <laughs> and she's like, the gold entered my arse and my vagina and my mouth. And you're like, okay. Um, and then she, he's like, do you believe me now? And she's like, yes. And then you think, okay, this is over. We're going to have a... Then you find out that, of course... <laughs> They are going to be together. And he's like, yeah, I am going to get married to you, bitch. And she's like, yay. And then to close the loop, who she retires as the madam and makes who the madam? Aphrodite. (laughs) (laughs) So his mom becomes the madam of her escort agency. And that is the Rose. (laughs) By Tiffany oh Rice. Some say love <laughs> it is a river. <laughs> so, like I said, any other writer, or at least any of the writers that we've read on the show, if they had gotten their hands on this material, I it would have been so outlandish and dumb, and it just wouldn't have been hot, let alone readable. But this book... I mean, hands off to you, Isabel. You are 100% correct. Like, very well written. It's very funny. Like, her parents are, like, sassy and witty, and she's really clever. And, like, what I loved, one of the reviewers said that what they loved about this book, which I totally agreed, which was, like, a lot of the books that we read, there's, like, these impossible premises that are just dropped on these women. Like, I'm actually Satan. And she's like, oh, okay. Whereas, like, in this book, there was skepticism because it's, like, a fucking course you would be skeptical if someone's like, I'm a god. And you're like, okay, dude, like, that's your fucking pickup line, you know? So I liked that. I liked, it was all very consensual, like 100% consensual. And when they fucked, like, in the real world, there was talk of condoms and stuff. So that was great. Very spicy. Like, <laughs> possibly the spiciest thing we've ever read. So oh. five out of five on that because it was... Very spicy. Um, You didn't read the vampire Amish books. (laughs) No, you're right. I did not read those. (laughs) Um, And because of not only the golden shower scene, but the incredible amounts. Again, she fucked Poseidon. It was wet. Shit was wet. So the accessory that I'm going to put with this book (laughs) is uh, rubber sheets. It was a rubber sheet situation. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. But would I recommend The Rose? Absolutely. 
And I um, am trying to actually get my hands on The Red and The Pearl, the other two books that are part of it, because I would absolutely keep reading this series. Big fan, 10 out of 10. Um, Like I said, the only thing that bothered me was when your parents are basically swingers who know that you worship the god Aphrodite and bought you this like slut chalice basically (laughs) and then thinking what if my parents find out i'm a whore it's like if i walked in on my parents fucking my boyfriend i wouldn't give a shit about their approval for the rest of my life like but so that was my only weakness of the book oh because they're like hippies right and hippies are about free love so the fact that she's getting people to pay for it, they're like, <laughs> you fucking capitalist? Peace Maybe. and love, man. I mean, her parents yeah. are also millionaires, so I think they love money. So, they, so again, they should have been like, yeah, girl, get that hustle. That's true. But you know what? I hope that if it gets made into a movie, um, that Bette Midler plays the mom. Oh, that'd be great. See, I pictured more the mom I pictured um and i know you're gonna hate this because she is your mom's doppelganger but i definitely pictured like some angelica houston like morticia adams vibes that's what i pictured oh, but i could it's see it's Miller. called the rose so. <laughs> you're right you're right i was like bring her back give her a give her a solo like i'm hooked this actually sounds you know what this i love that this author wrote sex scenes that didn't include a person but it but it was like like water but like it wasn't a person and it was still spicy exactly like drops of gold falling from the ceiling like rain and then pooling Mm -hmm. to fuck you with it and it being and like you could still hear his voice now i will Mm -hmm. say i am very much like if you got a nice voice or you like say sweet nothings or filthy, filthy things in my head, like uh, that is like hot as shit to me. So I can understand if it's like dripping gold on you while someone's like, yeah, baby, I'd be like, okay, yeah, I'm willing to believe this. So, uh, well, yeah. You also have very expensive tastes. Absolutely. Um, Thank you, Renee. Also though, I just want to say I'm like there is not a word less sexy than the word arse oh yeah that was that i was like is this you just trying to remind us that these people are british i don't know <laughs> but like otherwise it was like vulva vagina cunt like uh cock like everything else was like pretty on board but then that was the only scene that involved any anal in any way and she said arse and i was like oh really we're doing that and like the parents come in they're like daughter in this house we say bum bum <laughs> Anyways, uh, dying <laughs> to know what you read, Renee. Oh, okay. My book was cute. Um, so I've had this book sitting on my like Kindle Unlimited since last year, I think, or early this year or something, because I saw the cover and I was like, this looks adorable. Um, Isn't your book was like quite mainstream and famous, wasn't it? But it's not famous. It was, uh, I'll tell, okay. It wasn't famous, but um, I think I mentioned before the show, my friend sent me a text like a week or two ago to be like, oh, I loved this book. You should read it on your show. And it was the book that had been sitting in my Kindle Unlimited forever. And the reason I picked this book and like held on to it was because on the cover is like a little cartoon. And one of the characters is a big fucking sexy orc. 
so I had to read it. My book was called Legends and Lattes. <laughs> and, Hands down, I'm already obsessed. <laughs> <laughs> and it was by an author called Travis Baldry. And he actually wrote this book for NaNoWriMo 21. Um, oh. He's, Which, yeah, he's for not those who author. don't know, what is NaNoWriMo? Uh, it's like National Novel Writing Month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a nonprofit in the states, and people sign up and try and get their novels done. Yeah, people um, try to write a whole novel in a month. Yeah, yeah, and he did. Um, but his work—he's actually um, uh, like a narrator for like he does like audiobooks. Oh, and he does that's fantasy cool. books. Yeah, so you know it's the first time he's ever written anything, um, and in all of his like acknowledgments, it's all. Thank you to the people who hire him to read their books. Oh, that's um, Yeah, and my book was, like, adorable, but it wasn't spicy, I will say, like, right away. So don't hold your breath. My book is literally about an orc warrior who quits the life to open a coffee shop. Aww. <laughs> Which is, like, the cutest thing. We've read, like, you know coffee shop books before and stuff so mm -hmm. um viv which is the perfect name for a big gay lady or viv is um like a bounty hunter and she has just defeated a scalvert queen which is like some kind of big monster or whatever and she's in the scalvert queen's lair she's with like her other bounty hunter buddies um, and she stabs this thing in the head, rips open its head, and pulls out a stone. And her friends come in, and they're like, oh, wow, look at all this loot. Like, the walls are just filled with gold and, like, treasure and all kinds of things. And she's like, all yours. I'm out of here. And they're like, you just wanted this stone? And she's like, yep, it's all I wanted. And so she leaves. And she has been doing a lot of research. A lot of research. And that research has taken her to the city of Thune. Um, and the city of Thune is your typical fantasy medieval town. Uh, and she's there with like this little device called like a witch stick or something. And she's got her, she's got her scalvert stone and she's got her little device and she's walking through this town and it stops in front of a dilapidated livery. Okay. I think that's how you say it. And a livery is like where you house horses. This is not a pony playbook. Okay. Bro. I was like, oh no. In fact, horses don't like orcs. So there's very few horses in this story. So she sees this building. And she's like, okay, I guess this is the spot. And then across the street is this lady, this like old woman named Lainey or something. And she's like, hey, who owns this house? And she's like, a drunk. So she's like, okay, I'm going to go find this drunk. So she goes, finds the drunk. And she's like, I want to buy your livery. Um, here's like a platinum coin, which I guess is like the most currency. And he's like, you got it, toots, here you go. And she takes it and she's bought the livery. So she's in there. She realizes there's a lot of work to be done. She's going to need to hire help. So she heads down to the docks and she's like watching the people work. And there's a hob and a hob is like a, a creature, like a, like a fairy tale creature there. Nobody likes hobs because they're kind of like little gross trolls. Uh, but she's watching this hob work. He's working in his boat. He's very meticulous with her, with his work. And so she approaches him and says, Hey, my name is Viv. Um, I saw you doing your work. You're doing a great job. 
I think you're really committed. I want to hire you to fix my building. And he was like unsure because like people don't like him. Right. Um, but he's like, okay. So he comes and he checks out her livery and, um, which sounds so sexual, but it's not at all because there was no sex in this book. Um, (laughs) so she explains, I'm going to open a coffee shop. And he's like, what is coffee? And she's like, oh, it's a hot drink that dwarves make. I was in the dwarven city. They had these little shops called cafes and they would serve coffee in there. And he's like, oh, so it's like tea. She's like, no, it's not like tea. You make it with beans. He's like, bean water. And she's like, yes. Um, <laughs> so. um, <laughs> Sorry. So. She's like, this is what I want to do. I got things coming. I need to fix up this house. So let's do it. So she hires him and she's got a ton of money because she's been saving up forever. Um, So like money's no object at this point. So she's like building this place with him. Then this like elf guy shows up with this humongous hat whose name is like, um, like Lank or something or Lack. And he's like, oh, hello, welcome to the village. And he's like, I work for the Madrigal and you have to pay protection money to us. And she's like, beat it, lackey. And he's like, we'll be back. You have to pay. Um, And then the hob, whose name is Cal, is like, yeah, you're going to have to pay him. She's like, I'm not going to pay nobody. Uh, So they're building this building. It's looking great. Um, She gets a delivery of coffee beans and she doesn't have a coffee maker yet. And she's like, Cal, come and try this bean water. And he's like, it's okay, I guess. So she decides, okay, I'm going to need to hire somebody because I need help. I can't do this all by myself. So she puts up a little sign in the town square and this woman comes by. And this woman is like kind of red and she has little horns and a like a devil tail because she's a succubus. And her name is like, I don't know, Tannis or something. <laughs> and... She's like, hey, I'm going to I'm going to work for you. Like, I'm good at this. I'm an artist. I can learn anything like it's going to be great. And so she hires her and um, the stuff starts coming in. And uh, Cal is like, you're going to need to put an oven back there. And uh, she's like, no, I'm not going to cook. But he's like, I'm going to put one in anyway. So he puts one in. And uh, she sleeps in like this loft up top on the coffee shop. And every night she hears like a bang and a clatter on her roof, but she never sees what it is. So put a pin in that. So she and her like Tandri, Tannis, whatever, succubus lady. Um, Succubi, if you don't know, have a lot of sensual energy. Mm. But Tandri is not that kind of succubus. She does. She wants to be known as like a scholar and academic. Um, She does not want to be known as like a sensual succubus. And so she explains that she had attended the university, like the magic university, but people couldn't get over the fact that she was a succubus. So it's not for her, but she lives in town. She wants to do something different. Um, So they're working together and then they decide to like hand out like free samples and like people come and they're like, this sounds gross. But then obviously like it's coffee. So everybody gets addicted and is really into it. Um, And they start to have business and it's great. One day this little like mouse guy comes in. He's a ratkin, which means he's like a, a, a small person sized rat. 
Um, think like if Ratatouille was bigger and more close <laughs> and like couldn't like was really soft spoken. He's like, well, I'm a little mouse, Ratatouille. Um, so he every day comes in. He's obsessed with lattes, like fucking obsessed. Uh, but he's always covered in flour. So one day Viv is like, hey, you know what? I want to serve some food here. You're always covered in flour. So maybe you can cook. And the little mouse is like, totally, except he doesn't talk very much. So he comes back the next day with a fucking cinnamon roll. And they're like, the fuck is that smell? It's incredible. And he's like, try it. And so they eat and they're like, holy fucking shit. This is the most. Imagine tasting a cinnamon bun for the first time. Oh, my God. I wish I could go back in time and try it from the first. Right? It's it's decadence. Yeah, exactly. And so these fairy tale creatures are having coffee and lattes for the first time and cinnamon buns. And I'm just like, this is where I want to be in time, like right in this moment. And that's what this town is all about. So as this is going on, they hire the little mouse guy and he's baking up a storm and people are going nuts for his cinnamon buns. People are going nuts for the coffee. People are going nuts for the lattes. Business is booming. Meanwhile, like the lackey guy keeps coming back and he's like, time to pay up. And then this other guy shows up and he's like, oh hey girlfriend to the succubus and he's like i want to fucking court you and shit she's like get out of here and then he stalks her but then viv is like not on my watch and she intimidates the hell out of him and then one day the fucking mardi gras calls and she's like you better come to see me and then they make a deal that uh viv is not gonna have to pay these goons anymore but she'll still get protection from them in exchange for a bag of cinnamon buns every week. Oh. So the, she makes these cinnamon buns. She's got the protection. She's got this really cute succubus that she started. And I have feelings for her. Um, and business is booming. They're super happy. One day, one of her like uh, bounty hunter friends shows up. Um, and he's like, hey, so like I saw that you had this big box coming to you. And so I decided I would deliver it. Like, how's it going? And she, she's like, oh, pretty good. You know, business is booming. And he gives her like this little stone thing. And he's like, if you're ever in trouble, like you come, you throw us in a fire and I'll come and I'll help you. And she's like, okay. And then um, one of her other friends comes and he's like, hey, so um, you had this like fucking stone and I think you cut us out of a deal. And she's like, I didn't though. And he's like, we'll see about that. And so. He ends up, like, setting her place on fire with magic fire. Um, there's, like, a big dire cat. Like, you know, in Game of Thrones, there's, like, dire wolves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, humongous. So there's a dire cat, and it shows up and hangs out all the time. And he ends up, like, being this, like, protector kitty. And then there's, like, this mid- this, like, magic student who comes, and he's like, I don't like hot drinks. So she invents ice coffee. What? Fucking invents ice coffee. Yeah, and he's like, I'm into it. Then the little mouse guy, because they don't have like a fridge or anything, so he can't make that many like loaves of 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 cinnamon rolls. So he invents biscotti. <gasps> fucking invents biscotti, blowing people's minds. He's like, he's like adding cardamom and shit, and they're like, we don't know what the spice is. This is exotic. So she's thriving. Okay? Mm-hmm. So she and her um, co-worker, they start to kind of like get into each other, start eating dinners together and all these things. And um, you can tell that like the succubus like is really into Viv, but Viv is like 
really just, she just wants to focus on her shop. She's really worried that if she doesn't have this little stone, which is supposed to bring like good fortune um, to you, that she is going to lose everything. She's going to lose her shop. She's going to lose her friend. She's going to lose this chick that she's really into. Um, and so when she goes back after this place is burnt down, the stone is gone. Mm. And she's like, oh, no. And so she, it's like everything is falling apart. But then the village comes together and rebuilds her fucking coffee shop. It's like when the Flanders, their house fell down. Oh, all the members of Springfield came. It was so nice. Um, and Viv was always used to like sleeping on the ground because she was like a brute, right? Mm -hmm. and they, they could sleep rough. It's fine. Um, and then the succubus girl was always like, you need to like put a fucking bed. You deserve a bed. Everybody keeps telling like, you deserve a bed. So when they rebuild it, she gets a bed. And like by this point, she and the succubus have like kissed, just little kisses. Um, but they haven't moved forward with it. And so as part of her rebuild, she builds two rooms upstairs and furnishes both of them. And she's like, you should live with me if you want. And she's like, okay. And then they have a little kiss. And it's so sweet. And then the book ends with like an epilogue where like the mean elf that like stole her rock, he's all pissed because like it's not working for him. Because it turns out the rock doesn't bring fortune. It brings a ring of things that like, basically it brings you community. Like it brings you what you need and like it br brings community. So he stole it for like nothing thinking it was going to make him rich. And so then the fucking goons from the Mardi Gras are, are like, we're going to kill you. And he's like, if you can catch me. And he like jumps on a roof and he's like, stupid idiots. And then the fucking dire cat comes and attacks him. And I was like, oh my God. it was great. Cause he's like the stupid cat again. And then it's over. Um, so this book was not spicy. Was it fucking adorable? And did I cry my face off a hundred times? Yes. Um, oh, wow. Okay. I'm actually, go I'm going to read this to my daughter. Because we just finished all her books. Um, and so I'm going to read it to her because I think it was, it was like not inappropriate in any way, but it had like fighting. It had friendship is magic. Like the, the friend, the, the journey, the friends along the way, all of it. It was so sweet. And the tension between these two, I was just like, will they, won't they? And I knew they would because they're both on the cover together. <sighs> but this book had everything. Lesbians fairy tale creatures coffee biscotti a little mouse that does all the cooking <laughs> it had everything it had a, a gnome it had a dwarf it had a dire cat it had a bard you know i fucking live for bards they had a bard they had just everything and it was amazing so not spicy, so like zero out of five for spice. But um, in terms of loveliness, I'm going to give it five out of five chai lattes. Oh, I love this. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, you know what? I, I, I think part of me was disappointing because I was like, well, there's no sex in this. And I, would I have loved to have read an orc and a succubus get it on? You know I did. Yeah. I really wanted to. But did I love it anyway? I did. I really loved it. So, you know, it's it was nice to have something nice to read after what I have been reading the last few weeks. Mm -hmm. um, this was really sweet. And I love that a friend of mine read it. And even though it wasn't spicy, still thought Renee would read this. Uh, and, she, <laughs> so, and they were correct. Uh, they were. I loved it. I, I highly recommend it. If you want just a fun little fluffy read. Um, 
this is the book for you. They had like a million characters, but every single character mattered. And I think that was like the whole point of the story was it was like friendship is magic. Yeah. Like, you know, so like the stone worked because it brought her a community and it like, it like enhanced her community and she found love. And the fact that even at the end of the book, like she built another room for this person. Like she didn't mm-hmm. assume that they would share a bed. She didn't assume that like it was going to be sexual. It was like these little baby steps for people who were unsure about one another but cared. And I was just like, this is so nice and wholesome. So, so what are you going to read? Um, I'm just going to read the end whenever she is like, do you want to live in my house? Oh. oh my God. It's like rent when they're like, live in my house. <laughs> I'll be your shelter. Because it's gay is what I mean. <laughs> It was gay. Okay. Uh, let's just get to the good part. Okay. I'm not going to give her an orc voice. Because, <laughs> you know, she's like, she's like, hey, Tendry, could you stay a minute? Because that's how an orc would talk. Okay. Here we go. Oh, yeah. By the way, the little rat guy is named Thimble. Oh! <laughs> and they call Biscotti, they call Biscotti's Thimblets. <gasps> so cute fuck off fuck off this book is so cute okay okay the two of them stood together in the warm center of the shop with winter stealing in around it the brandy glowing like coals inside them there's something i want to show you said viv almost too low to hear then she quickly turned and went to the stairs beckoning for tandry to follow at the top of the stairs a hallway split the upper story with a door to the left and one to the right Viv strode to the one to the left and opened it, stepping inside. Tendry peered in after her and gasped, You bought a bed! I did, said Viv. The room was also furnished with a small dresser and table and a wardrobe. Even a rug, said Tendry, nodding appreciatively. Well, it's bound to be an improvement over my floor. Viv closed her eyes and took a slow breath. There's one other thing I want to show you, said Viv with a cold flush of terror. Tendry gave her a wry smile. You didn't make a room for the cat, did you? She asked, which did nothing to quell Viv's nerves. Quite the opposite, in fact. Viv didn't trust herself to reply, so she went to the door across the hall and opened it as well. Tendry's brow creased as she stepped inside. This room, too, was furnished with a bed, a vanity, and a wardrobe. A set of art supplies, ink and chalk and stencils and parchment, sat atop the vanity. Tendry drifted to the corner of the room where she stood very still. In the silence that followed, Viv couldn't breathe. Who is this room for, Viv? She asked quietly. Her tail made a cautious flickering S behind her. For you, if you'll have it. And there was a pulse of that warmth, that hooded self which only shone forth when Tandry was at her most unguarded. She turned to look back at Viv. Tandry didn't answer, instead closing the distance between them. Wrapping her arms around Viv, cheek to chest, she released all of her restraint. For the first time, Viv faced the totality of Tandry's essential self and was struck by the eloquence and delicacy that was revealed. It was easy to see how one might mistake her nature for something purely sensual, how one might glean only what they most desired from that densely twined rush of feeling. Hers was a potent dialect of emotion, which with meaning comprehensible only to those intimately aware of its subtleties. Tandry didn't have to say yes. The language was understood. And when her lips found vivs no doubt could have survived and it was so beautiful because we waited the whole fucking book for them to love each other 
Yeah. So if you love any sort of like coffee shop romance, but with orcs, <laughs> this is for you. Oh, it was so it was so good, and I left out so much just because it's like I, I don't I don't want to go through like the four hundred characters. Um, but it was really cute, and it was only about three hundred pages, and I read it in like a day and a half. Like I I read it last night, and then the rest this morning. Like it was oh. it was just a really cute. It's a, literally just a story about a coffee shop. <laughs> it's just so a story sweet. about a coffee shop it was so sweet yeah and i loved the characters like every character was good every character was kind except for the one guy and he got his he got eaten by a giant cat so <laughs> anyway that was my wonderful not spicy book what are you gonna i find it so interesting that for once you read a book that wasn't spicy, and I read one that was super spicy. That's because you're a slut. Well, no, but you're usually the one who reads the fucking extra That's spicy. That's because I'm a f- I'm a freak. Judy. Oh, okay. <laughs> and you know what? You went you went to your friends, and you were like, "Give me a suggestion." And like, we got you. We know all about you. We got you. Read this, and you're like, "Yes." <laughs> um. So I'm not gonna read you a spicy part but i'm going well, uh. i'm gonna read you um when kind of near the end of the book when leah is like yeah when she's her whole life is just sort of exploded in front of her um and she she runs up to her room in a huff after um you know finding like her parents finding out everything that's going on and her parents have said like you're grounded and they send her up to her room so she runs up to her <laughs> okay. room and she gets really mad and she throws some stuff around, including this Aphrodite statue that she has. So she grabbed the statue and threw it into the fireplace grate where it shattered into four pieces. Well, that wasn't very nice. Leah spun around. A woman sat in her grandmother's armchair, a woman in pink with a stole wrapped around her arms. She had a perfume bottle in her hands and was spritzing herself. Leah knew that perfume, that scent, her maze. And she knew that woman too. Hey, you're August's mother. How did you get into my room? Oh, the woman said as she rose to her feet and then began to float two feet above the floor. (gasps) A crown of roses sprouted on her regal head. I have my ways. Oh my god, Leah breathed. Oh, your goddess, you mean. Aphrodite, very pleased to formally make your acquaintance, my dear. (sighs) Leah didn't faint, though she wished she could. The woman, Aphrodite, came back down to her feet with a smile. Do you want to check me for wires? She asked. Her voice tinkled like wind chimes in a spring breeze. No, Leah said, that's fine. She was backing away, backing, backing until she could back away no further. Her back was to the door. You're having a bad day. I'm so sorry, darling, the woman said. You, you, you said you're Aphrodite? Yes, she smiled, bright as the evening star. And you're August's mother. Well, obviously. So August is... You know exactly who he is. She snorted a very ungoddess-like laugh. August Bowman, the August Bowman, the exalted archer. And Leah did at once. It all made sense, though none of it made any sense. Eros? Aphrodite nodded. Well, he hasn't been Eros for about, oh, 13 years. That's when he had a massive strop and quit. Retired his wings and his arrows, gave up the immortal life on Olympus, and came here to play human for a bit. Wait, he told me you all kicked him out of the family because he wouldn't submit to getting married. 
Ugh, he wouldn't submit to tea and cake, Aphrodite said. All right, so the truth is, he gave me one sleepless night too many. He was always shooting people with his arrows, making kings fall in love with commoners, handsome, vain men falling in love with poor, plain girls. He shot Zeus with an arrow and made him fall in love with a cloud. A cloud! I still don't know <laughs> whatever became of that poor cloud. Probably traumatized for life. I'm sure it found love again, Leah said. His father and I finally had enough after Eros did the cruelest thing ever. What was that? Well, he made us fall in love with each other. That's bad? You haven't met my son's father. I do not recommend it. Ares, Mars, to the Romans, God of War. No, Leah didn't have any desire to meet August's father. We had to teach our son to behave. Mortal parents take away the television and video games. We stripped him of his immortality and his powers. We thought after a day or two, a week or two at most, he'd repent and come to heal. But no, turns out he likes being immortal. Took it, to, took it like a fish to water. When he was Eros, he looked about 20 years old, if that. Now he looks, what, I don't know, 80? He looks 30, Leah said. 33 <laughs> tops. The goddess shuddered. He's always been a difficult child. Prince of mischief, we call him. He's his father's son. More war than love. Not happy unless he's causing trouble and making everyone miserable. Ungrateful child, after all we've done for him. He was very kind to me, Leah said, and I would appreciate it if you kept your opinions about him to yourself. She couldn't quite believe that she just said that to a goddess. The goddess didn't seem to mind. She grinned broadly. Such a nice girl, she said. I'm the madam of an escort service. <laughs> I'd hardly hold that against you, dear. I had a whole cult of temple prostitutes in Corinth in service to me. <sighs> the good old days. <laughs> and then she, yeah, is like, do you want me to free August or do you want to um, basically go full men in black and erase your entire family's memory? <laughs> and then she's like, free August. And Aww. that is like conclusion. Yeah. Oh, I love that. It was, I want to yeah. be, I want to be slutty and be a madam and meet gods. Right? That's what fantasy books do to you. They make you believe in magic. They make you believe. Do you believe in magic? Only or, when I read fantasy books. Or in this case, do you believe in hookers? And I do. Always. I do. Sex workers always. will always save us. I will die for sex workers. Hundo. Hundo P. Hundo P. I love it. So what Aphrodite? That's why she's there doing the Lord's work. Yeah. She... Managing an escort service. <laughs> And that's how it ends. Yeah. She's like, I'm going to be the madam. And that's what happens. So I, I didn't think I would get into our fantasy week because it's really not my thing, but I quite enjoyed this week and I'm really glad we did it. Yeah. Me too. I feel, you know, reinvigorated. Um, so, you know, it's like when you look at wholesome memes and you're like, everything's going to be all right. <laughs> yeah, your book After... was like the equivalent of like a cat playing with a ball of yarn. Yeah. <laughs> and there was a big cat in it. Oh. And it never went after the little mouse guy. Listen. I love this. I just, I want just a nice, hot, cozy cup of cocoa. and Oh, yeah. Also, the mouse fucking discovered chocolate. Like, it had oh, oh, everything. Everything. This yeah. book had everything and again book had everything. my book my had book my book had and again i apparently i don't know shit about greek mythology because 
that wasn't really a thing that French Canadian girls got into in my time. <laughs> but apparently, according to the people I know who do know a lot about Greek mythology, um, it is, and all the reviews that I've read, this book is very accurate to the mythology, which again, oh, made me I think that. I wouldn't like it because I did not like Son of Achilles. I did not like Circe. Two books that people like could not stop talking about. And but did you love Wonder Woman? I did. When she's like, I'm no man. Oh, when, when sobbing. Oh, this is no man's land. And she's like, I'm no man. Full on started crying in the movie theater. Didn't hold back. Was like, yup. This is oh, my yeah. feminist moment. I was moment. sobbing. I was sobbing, but I went with my dad and he fell asleep and he was snoring. So... <sighs> Um, different strokes folks fuck that guy well if you're interested in greek mythology i highly recommend grabbing this book but i will will warrant well and i will also tell you to as we always say follow us on instagram because the cover my cover is like stunning it looks like a beautiful historical romance and yours i looked it up so cute so cute right and like my type right hundo Hundo P. This has Renee written all over it. So mm-hmm. go and pick up both of the books that we read. This like never happens where we both recommend the yeah. book to people. But if you want something filthy but well written, pick up mine. If you want a heartwarming, family friendly tale, pick up Renee's. We're gonna take a different actually, tone next week. Yes, I just want to say I genuinely want to read yours be- for the for the rain part. Oh. I'm disappointed you didn't read the rain part because I would have. Oh That's yeah, I one of a kind. Oh yeah, I mean, but it's very—it's a very long scene. It's like a whole chapter, so that's oh, why I was yeah. like, I don't know, I couldn't cut it off at any particular point without really feeling like I was edging you or something. But um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like literally a whole chapter of her getting fucked by a golden shower, and it's—it's—it it is a testament to how talented this writer is that I was like believing this absolutely zany premise so i love it yeah but next week we're doing a new so this week we did fantasy we've never done that before next week we're doing a new theme that's going to be in a completely different direction presumably will not be fantasy but could could be rubbing up against uh fantasy what do we read next week renee heist heist we're gonna go on heist next week car chases bank robbers jewelry thieves Stealing Fucking art. Ocean's Eleven. Oh, we're thinking Ocean's. Yeah, Ocean's Eleven. Um, yeah, all of the. I love Goonies. I fucking love a heist movie. Like, give me all of the oceans. Give me Italian Job. Give me like, oh my god, Lucky Number Eleven. Like, just give me a heist. I'm here for it. Ronan. Oh, I love Ugh. that movie with like. The magicians. <gasps> Ooh, there's two of them. I there love- was the illusionist. Yeah. Uh, and then there was. No, no, the one with like all the magicians and Woody Harrelson. <gasps> oh, now you see me. Yes, I loved those movies so much. Where they're fucking chucking the card around. <gasps> those movies are spectacular and i totally went into watching it with so much skepticism, but I kept hearing people talk about it. They are truly phenomenal movies same yeah 100 percent. i would also argue that the matrix is a heist movie in this in this uh paper i will <laughs> oh my god that's a really great point yeah 
Ooh, I'm gonna have to ponder that because you're right. I think if in the many categories that the Matrix constitutes, heist is definitely one of them. Well, I love a heist movie, can't get enough. So I'm very excited to read some heist books next week. Me too. So stick around and you know join us for that, friends. But yeah. in the meantime, loved going on this journey with you. Same. What? I feel great. I feel great. I feel good. I don't feel filthy and terrible like I did something wrong this week. So this is a great way to to wrap up this episode, Julie. I'm happy we went on this journey together. Same. You want to sing us out? Sure do, bud. Ravage love. Ravage love. Bye. Bye. Artwork for the show is created by Karen McKnight. Very special thanks to Josh Shenfield for production assistance. You can find Josh on Instagram at Fushigiyami. That's F-U-S-H-I-G-I-Y-A-M-I on Instagram. Connect with us at RavageLove on Instagram and Twitter, or by email at ravagelove.podcast at gmail.com. Ravage Love.